Greetings, listeners in Listenerland. Welcome to St. Louis In Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to what is happening regionally, nationally, and internationally. A top of the day to you, Mark. (laughs) Thank you, Arnold. Very nice of you to say. (laughs) You know, it's nice to see uh, at the current time when we are recording this, Mm -hmm. it has been raining. And one thing I noticed early this morning when I went out is that the air seemed much cleaner. Mm. It It was just like clearer right and rain does that kind of washes all the pollen away it's and about time that, yeah. and just causes mold then yeah which is <laughs> whole another whole another thing now we just did the summer solstice is that what it's called yes it's the uh the beginning of spring now did you take an egg at 425 or whenever it was and no. put it up upright no, I, I may have eaten an egg at okay. that time but have you uh, ever done that before? i have yes and when i was uh, back in the day a young uh, lad okay uh, in a previous life as a school administrator right we did that oh yeah. all right that part of the curriculum uh no it was part of what was going on in the teacher's lounge <laughs> 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 I know. Well, I didn't do it either, but <laughs> but it's fun to do. Okay. It is, especially if you can do it on the pointy edge. Oh, never. never <laughs> no, had, you can't no, do I that. I never was able to do that. So okay. our return to civility today. Civility costs nothing and buys everything. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That's it. That's true. Uh, you know, We need to be more civil in our society, and it all starts with yourself. Oh, my. Now, yeah, that's hard to do for me sometimes. So what What if someone's not civil to you? Are you saying you've got to be civil back, like Christ said, take the high road, turn the other cheek, all that, you know, all that kind of thing? I think some people, you never know what, and I, I, I think about this sometimes, you never know what other people are going through in their life at the yeah. time when things are happening like that, and, they, and I call it hairspray, when they spray hairspray on you. Yeah. And, you know, you can get your can of hairspray out and spray back, or, right. you know, oh. a, and get a match while you're spraying your hair, <laughs> your hairspray, and, and you torch them, essentially. Oh so that's where we're really not civil when we want to raise the bar another level, right. where we try to understand that maybe that person's they're not only having a bad day, they might be having a bad life. I know. Uh, based upon their circumstances and what's going on. Or, you know, maybe there's a death in the family. Right. Maybe they found out they have some terminal illness. Maybe, right. maybe you know, they fired. just got up on the wrong yeah. side of the bed and there right. wasn't any cereal in the cereal box. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's still hard. It's still, I, and I guess it's a control issue, a self control issue. When somebody does something bad to you, you just want to go, wait a minute, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If, if you can't self-regulate yourself, there are no laws that can regulate you. Wow. You are so wise beyond your years. Well, I'm just – that's experience. <laughs> you know, self-regulation is important. Yeah, it really is. I, I don't mean to make fun of it, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. We, we don't want to regulate this show anymore because our guest is – going to talk to us about an event that we've uh, mm-hmm. interviewed many, many times right. and, and had on the show uh, directors and even winners of this particular event. The 13th St. Louis Teen Talent Competition is going to take place at the, these are the finals, at the Fabulous Fox Theater on Saturday, April the mm-hmm. 8th. 
And this is a great event. It starts at 7.30. There's free tickets. We'll get into that more. But we're going to be talking to Leanne Matthews. She's the event director for this. And Leanne even has a more of a what I would call a, a pedigree. She's a veteran equity actor mm. on international stages, a longtime director. She works at COCA, current artistic director with the Westport Playhouse. Leanne, welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Wow, I was looking at your resume and your Vita and everything like that, and it's like, wow, when do you have time to do anything <laughs> else? No kidding. <laughs> so good to have her back, too. Yeah. And, and you've taught at, a, at uh, Crossroads, right? Oh. I sure did, yeah. yeah. And you do, like, public speaking, teaching of public speaking mm. and things like that. I, I know it's it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> and, and you're really into you know being physically fit, and you do teach you know mm-hmm. your kind of personal trainer type person wow. too. She's a Leanne of all uh, you trades. You have really done your research. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that those finalists are going to have an outstanding experience. So here's my first question: How does your background and what you have done in the things that we've mentioned? How does that frame some of the things that you do with the finalists as you're talking to them and preparing them for this event? Um, I I think it's a very good use of my skill set because, as you mentioned, I I come from a world not only of professional theater, but also of education and coaching. So I kind of bring both of those worlds together in order to not only facilitate a great performance and a great show, but also I'm really mindful of what their experience is and what are they going to learn and take with them when they leave this event. What kind of things do you want them to take away? I want them to feel empowered. Mm. I want them to understand that, that the arts can be a great expression of, um, of what they're feeling, what they're thinking, I want them to understand collaboration and how important it is to work together, that it's not, you know, a solo sport, so to speak. Um, And I I really just, I really want them to have fun. I want them to walk away just loving the experience and hoping to foster that type of experience in future generations. Now, run through the teen talent competition for people who may not be aware of it, they may be listening in for the first time and have not heard our previous shows or don't know anything about this. What exactly is the Teen Talent Competition? So this is its 13th year, and um, or 13th consecutive year. It's actually something that uh, has been done even back to the 80s for, uh, for the teens of our community. And it basically it reaches out to, I think the rule is 55 miles from the arch in mm. any direction. Okay. Don't quote me on that one, uh, but it's something like that. And um, it starts with a big, giant, open call audition. And this year, I, I believe we had 125. And when I say talent, I mean talent in all sorts of packages. I mean singers, dancers, instrumentalists, circus acts, specialty performances, magic, uh, juggling, you name it. Like anything, you know, very much like America's Got Talent on, uh, you know, on TV. It goes from that point, from that first, like, preliminary stage to a semifinal round, which was narrowed down, I believe, to 49 students. And there are 
judges who are professionals in their field. So, so the, the charitable foundation at Fox brings in professionals from the Symphony, from Jazz St. Louis, from the Muni, from Stage of St. Louis, from uh, all sorts of you know Circus Flora, all sorts of very notable and reputable organizations here in the the area. And so, not only do they get you know, judged or adjudicated or whatever from the from the judges, but they also get some coaching. So as soon as they finish their audition, they go down and they talk to the judges, and the judges give them some tips. And they're they're very supportive and they're very uh, positive, but they also are able to kind of give them a little bit of shaping and molding, which is invaluable, even if they don't move on to the finals, which is what we're talking about today, which is the uh, April 8th show, which has 14 contestants. And it's just not a performance and a competition, because when you talk about competition, there are awards. And I was surprised when I read this, because as I said, we've been doing this, nearly $50,000 in prizes, cash awards, and college scholarships wow. are going to be awarded. Wow. It's it's really neat. And, and those awards do not just go to the finalists. They oh. also go to the semifinalists. So if there oh. was... A student who auditioned who was really great but just didn't make the cut for, you know, because there's only so many slots available. Um, we really like to offer, you know, training opportunities, scholarship opportunities, and those types of awards to, to those students as well. So, Leanne, you have 14 contestants. Is that, uh, is that like, that's 100%? That's how many you spaces you have is 14? Are you uh, short any, or, do, or is that... Usually, oh, how many no, you have? That's 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 a, that's a, from what I understand. That is the lucky number. That is the, okay. the right amount for the length of the show and for you know the capacity of the judges and for the gotcha. um, you know the awards and things like that. So fourteen is is our lucky number. So those past shows were fourteen or right around there as well, I guess. I think they've they've experimented with fifteen, mm. and and that was just one too many. Right. Well, there's a, yeah. It's a lot of competition, I think, just to become a contestant, isn't there? It's it's a lot of competition. and But we really want to stress that it's not, you know, it, of course it's very nerve-wracking to audition. It's very intimidating. But we also really want to stress that for kids who are interested in auditioning, we we want to give them a supportive, positive experience. And we want them, even if they don't get selected, to feel like, it was worth their time mm -hmm. to participate. And, and and so far, from what I can tell, we've had a lot of returning students who have come, they've auditioned, they've maybe been awarded like a scholarship to go study at COCA or Stages or something like that. And then they come back and they're better. And then they do get selected to the finals. Gotcha. Wow. I was reading here, Mark, that... Past finalists have gone on to work professionally with Netflix, Disney, performed on Broadway on NBC's The Voice, American Idol, locally at the Muni and Sheldon Concert Hall with the Chamber Music Society of St. Louis and the Shakespeare Festival of St. Louis, to name a few. And these contestants are in high school, correct? Nine through 12, there's no college or university types involved, correct? That is correct, yes. So that's a real big deal, even for the schools themselves and uh, the contestants' teachers, where I'm sure that they're helping them. I'm sure a lot of these students maybe take some kind of private lessons if they're in dance studio or an instrumentalist. I, maybe there's a circus uh, private instructor or somebody, you know, mm -hmm. Bozo the Clown or somebody oh, who Bozo. who helps. Bozo, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure it's Pose of the Clown, but uh, yes, no. Uh, Circus Flora has a wonderful education program. There you go. But, Circus. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. And, 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 you know, and, and the great thing is, is there are also some, some kids who come to us with very little training, but a whole lot of talent. And and I think that's really where those those kind of in kind trade training awards really come into great use because we can offer someone who maybe hasn't uh, sought training yet for whatever reason to get some training and then really uh, polish those skills that they just ha- were born with. Now you mentioned something that I thought was very valuable is that even in the semifinals the contestants would come down and get critiqued or get some kind of suggestions from the judges and this. I'm, I'm throwing a curve to you because you may not have this in front of you if you don't have it memorized. Who are the judges this year, and how many are there? Oh, and what are this, what's their address and their phone number? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what, how much will it take to pay them off? You know, I don't have that. I don't have that information right in front of me, but I do know that they represent a lot of different. Uh, you know, professional companies and different disciplines of the arts as well. And I can tell you, I believe that throughout the uh, preliminaries and the semifinals, I think there were about 35 different judges. And they bring in judges that are appropriate for, um, you know, we do a whole section where it's all dance auditions. Ah. So when it's dance auditions, we bring in professional dancers, gotcha. dance instructors, ah. members. You know, I know that we've had some, uh, you know, some people with, you know, pretty great pedigrees of, of dance experience. Um, when it's when it's the instrumentalist section, we're bringing in people from the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, from mm-hmm. Jazz St. Louis, things like that. So we try to match the judges to... So that they're, you know, they're on the inside. They know how to how to judge. Because to be honest with you, if I I'm a musical theater person, but if I sat down and listened to somebody playing the piano, I wouldn't necessarily know good from great. Right. That that makes perfect sense. And that I'm I'm glad that you do it that way. That that's really an honorable way to do that. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. We're taking. We uh, really try to be fair. And that's you know, of course, after thirteen years of the competition, they've they've definitely figured out all of the twists and turns to make sure that it's as fair as possible. Now, when we get to the show at the Fox, we've got seven judges. They're they're from all sorts of disciplines, and that's a little tougher because they are judging all of the performances. So we've got you know, I can tell you that Ken Page will be there, and he is a Broadway legend, and of course, a St. Louis Muni legend as well. Right, um, but. But so so in that in that final round, we are uh, you know a little bit trying to you know it's it's tough to compare a great pianist to a great dancer. Yeah, they they bring completely different skill sets. But you know we have a rubric that we we use and and we try to make it as fair as possible. And to be honest with you, the real prize for these kids is to be able to perform on the Fox stage. It's a just a glorious, beautiful, amazing theater. It is. And a St. Louis institution. It is. It is. Oh, yeah. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston, uh, St. Louis in Tune. We're talking to Leanne Matthews, event director for the 13th St. Louis Teen Talent Competition. And with that last comment that you made, when you get on a stage like the Fox or Powell Hall or, you know, where it used to be the Keel Center, which is now the, you know, I can't remember the name changes so much. The Opera House there, right. 
or you get on like at the Muni or any other large venue like that, it can be extremely intimidating unless you've been prompted or helped along the way. Because I notice one of the things that the judges are going to be the criteria, they judge on technical ability, interpretation, originality, and stage presence, personality, and confidence. How do you help them overcome that? Like it's like this big cavern when you're standing on stage, and you might be the only one by yourself if you're not in a group. How do you help them to you know, move through some jitters and things like that? That's a great question. I think it's, it's, you know, some of, some of the kids have been to the Fox before and some of them have never even seen a show at the Fox. Mm -hmm. So when they first get there, it is a, a hugely magical thing, even for the kids who have been there before, because stepping on that stage, and I can say that's true for me as well, because the first time I stepped on that stage and looked out into that glorious, uh, you know, audience, you know, the seats are empty, but I was, I felt the jitters inside of me. So I can only imagine how, how the kids must be feeling. Um, I'm all about the process, though, and I believe that they are prepared and well-rehearsed. And what we do is we rehearse in a rehearsal hall, and we tape out the outline of the Fox stage, and we remind them a bazillion times how, how large it is. And then we also, thankfully, get a few rehearsals at the Fox Theater on that stage, so they get the opportunity to um, sort of get accustomed to that environment. Mm -hmm. It'd be like a little leaguer getting into Bush Stadium for the, one of their games, you know. Oh, yeah. They'd be looking around totally. like, holy smokes, look oh, at yeah. this, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, everybody has their own process as to how they handle their jitters. I mean, a, a little bit of nervousness is... Good. Completely normal and good. Yeah, yeah. We, it's good to kind of channel that into the energy of the performance. So I, I always stress that if you're really prepared and you know exactly what you're doing and 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 have it sort of in your muscle memory, then that's gonna you can trust that process and just enjoy the moment. Now let's say that you're talking to some individuals who may consider applying to be in this competition next year or maybe you're talking to a, a, a group of young dancers or actors or singers or something like that instrumentalist wherever you may be and what advice do you give them I always like to ask this question from people in the industry what advice do you give them to pursue their dream and to be quote-unquote successful because that is that means different things to different people some people think I'm not successful unless I'm on that Broadway stage right. some people may say I'm successful if I'm uh, happy with how I performed what advice do you give budding uh, dancers instrumentalists pianists uh, all those kinds of things people who perform circus acts who want to be in the industry in the performance industry uh-huh well I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that success means something different to each of us. I think that, um, I, I think that if, if you can kind of define what success looks like to you, that's, that's the first step. Um, you know, when I was a young person, I, of course I had dreams of going to Broadway and all of that, but what I had to do was spend my life doing theater and that's what success looked like to me. And, and I'm, thrilled that I, I can say that I've done that and am doing that. Um, but the other thing is, is that it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a bit of sacrifice. And so I think students who 
are ready to to follow that dream need to understand that it's it's not going to be easy it's going to be it's going to be a challenge but if you stay true to yourself and and prioritize what is important in your life then you can go a long way that's really great advice leanne i appreciate that and the time that you've spent uh, in your career, preparing you to do what you're going to be doing with these uh, teens at the 13th St. Louis Teen Talent Competition, folks, which is going to take place Saturday, October 8th at the Fabulous Fox Theater. That's at 7.30. You must sign up for tickets. The event is free, and you can go to foxpacf.org and get more information on tickets. It's going to be a great event. Uh, is Channel 9 going to be doing that again for uh, rebroadcast this year? Yep, they sure will. And you, you, you just said October 8th, and I want to clarify. Oh, did I? April. Oh, I'm sorry, April. Yep. Wow. How yep. did I do that? Did I uh, say, wow. Yeah, well, we'll edit that out. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to edit right. that out. We want April 8th, folks. April, April 8th. Yeah. April 8th. Yes. April 8th. And, yes, Channel 9 will be there, and they will uh, air the broadcast. But, you know, what I've discovered is that um, there, it's a longer show in a good way when you go uh, see it live at the Fox. So I encourage, and it's, you know, it's live. It's There's nothing like sharing that energy with those talented Teenagers. And it's free, and it's in a marvelous venue. Oh, yeah. So get out there yeah. to see that yeah. Saturday, April the 8th uh -huh. at 730. Yeah. Get tickets at foxpacf.org. And they're free. And they're free. Yeah. Right? That's the best part of all. Leanne, thanks for coming on to St. Louis in Tune. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thanks, Take Leanne. Care. We'll see you. She's so sweet. She, You know, to have the background man reading her background it was just incredible yeah. and the, the variety of things that she has accomplished and done and continues to accomplish and to work with youth uh, in these areas specifically like the dramatic arts or in public speaking public speaking is a huge thing you know we talked about this with oh, yes. with our guests last week about public speaking and being able to do um what's the word i want debate oh, yeah. and being able to learn about yeah. each side of an issue right. and all those. I think those should be mandatory classes for high schoolers. Right. Debate is, I yeah, I never took debate. Uh, my kids took one like semester of debate and it was actually really, uh, I think, helpful to them mm -hmm. I to, agree. to get out into the real world, you know, because you get, you get, when you get into that situation where it's a debate and you, you know, you don't want to be mean to somebody and sometimes that's where you you fall back to you know <laughs> trying to dig your heels in or what have you a debate is kind of more of it's kind of a structure let's talk about this that's when you it's a civil kind of thing yes. we talked about civility at the front end of the show right it is a civil right. way to have discourse on and i think it's good to talk about these things sometimes oh, yeah. you know oh, in the media yeah. today it's like we don't want to hear you well then there can't be a conversation conversations right. are two-way things right and I think, I think it helps you get structure to do that because I don't know if some people have it naturally, but I don't think many of us have it, you know, naturally on, on how to, you know, debate right, correctly, effectively, I guess is the word I'm looking for. You know, in what you just said, Mark, most people, this is going to be a generalization on my part, I find most people are not good listeners they want to, but they want to hear themselves talk. Yeah, they want to hear their point of view. Yeah, 
be put out there, and when you listen to someone else, you really understand, and then you have to go through this process like, well, I, I, I heard what you said. You know, there's these classes on effective listening, and, and then you repeat back what the person said. It's like, dude, just listen to me. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. you don't, know, don't understand analyze, my perspective. Right, don't analyze what I'm saying. Right, yeah, right. Don't cut it out. Just, right. just listen. To, you're right. Just listen to what I'm trying to say. It's it, coming from my heart. Come right. on. you got to know. Wow. A couple other things about this event. 14 acts, 22 students. There is approximately $300,000 in scholarships and tuition that has been paid over the last 11 years. Wow. Where does that money come from? Yeah, it's uh, donated. I wanted to ask that. Okay. There, let's see, the 50-mile radius. She talked 55, 50-mile, and, you know, five miles, what's, that's a big deal. Minimum of two minutes must not exceed three minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. Acts cannot change their talent category or style of their act after the preliminary round. Matter of fact, there are a couple uh, repeat performers. Six acts are repeat finalists from previous years, which is very interesting. They must perform the same material in the semifinal rounds and the finals. They should be family-friendly and age-appropriate. No foul language or violent subject matter. And let's see. What's another good one here? They may compete in a talent Category of their choice, vocal, dance, instrumental, or other, which includes circus acts, comedian, magicians. You know, sorry, Circus Floor, I messed that one up. By, you know, who's your mentor? Bozo the Clown. You know, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> That's what came to mind. That's all right. This, we should, probably should talk about that off the air. <laughs> what is coming to your mind? What's okay. coming to your mind right okay. now? So what a great event. So folks, uh, go to foxpacf.org. That's the Fox Performing Arts Charitable Foundation oh, website. Oh, wow. Okay, did not know and that And they either. do get uh, some uh, cha-ching in there to help do these things. Well, so good. What a great deal. What it a great deal. a great deal. First place, $8,000. Second wow. place, six. Oh, cut Third it. place, four. Wow. And the runners-up, even they even get some. Yeah, they even get some. Other awards are like they get the MVP, Most uh-huh. Valuable Performer. That is just wonderful. Some Kranzberg Vocal Performance uh-huh. Awards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's fantastic. Yep, yep. it is. It is. All, All right. right, so we're going to come back after the break. You're listening to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston on the U.S. Radio Network. Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. 
On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune. At St. Louis In Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. We cover a wide range of topics, such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect to what's going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find the show notes and everything that was mentioned in that episode and all the other great episodes as well. And if you've got an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, well, just let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis In Tune. It's heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. Visit us today. That's stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. What a great activity, the <laughs> St. Louis Teen Talent Competition, the 13th annual. Wonderful time. I just want to sing, Superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> we got some good music on this show. That's all. Yes, I'm, we do. Yeah, yeah. That's because I am a former musician. Oh, yeah. I still am, I guess. Yeah. You know, one of the things in thinking about competitions and having played in you know, like solo uh, concerto competitions and stuff in my right. previous life, that it is all about being prepared mm. and not letting things get you kind of off center of where you need to be. Right. And that's in anything. Preparation is, is huge. And I think about like athletes now who perform at a high level or musicians or anybody who performs at a high level. A lot of it is you've practiced these skills, their muscle memory, a lot of them are, then it becomes a psychological kind of thing. Uh-oh. And, and, and you, know, you know, I've said some of these relief pitchers, they've, they've got their head cases. Yeah. You know, they, they, get, <laughs> they get on there, you know, they go through their routine, which probably this year they won't be able to go through all these gyrations that they normally do mm-hmm. about touching their hat 15 times, turn, turning around, doing a couple cartwheels, touching the rosin bag, and then getting on the, the mound. Right. You know? It's going to be get up there and pitch. Right. So, but I know these things are they're very psychological. You have to be thinking about them ahead of time. You know, I would always kind of go through the song in my brain. Mm-hmm. You know, you could. There's a thing that people refer to visualization. You know, you close your eyes and you're seeing yourself performing it or doing it. I'm hitting the home run or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going through the gymnastics routine, and there's a lot to that. I'm I'm not a you know, big believer in that, but I'm a believer in in the fact of that that it helps you think through, and puts you on a more positive track than, oh, you know, I've 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 stumbled five times in this tumbling r- routine when I get to this point, 
or I've squeaked in my clarinet and I've fumbled those things when I got to this particular note. That can really psych you out. Right. So right. you need to have that confidence going in. Right. Yeah. You've got to have that. I don't know what it is. It's got to be. Huspa. Huspa. Yeah. Your head's got to be right. Yeah. you got to be in it. Yeah. It's it's amazing. I love that it's the teens that are doing this. Right. Uh, the competition the and, and the judging and that the fact that they critique. They were talking about critiquing. Right. Uh, afterwards and trying to help them along like here maybe next time try this and you know that right that helps the in the growth of the right. kids you know i agree with that i agree with i that. wanted to ask leanne and we've talked about it before and i might have asked her last time she was on the show about the the backstage of uh of the fabulous fox theater mm-hmm. where everyone has signed the wall there and mm-hmm. I, I i'm anxious to know it's been years since i've been back there when i was in different radio i used to go back there but there was that yule brenner the King and I, it's a drawing that's on the wall with Yul Brenner, and then he signed it, you know, to the oh, Fabulous wow. Fox. Thank you for my Did time. he sign on his head? I don't know. I, he probably could have. I mean, it was uh, he was bald. Like Sometimes I think you're Yul Brenner. <laughs> but I know better. Then I snap out of it. So, <laughs> but, yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, there's so many people that have signed that. And it's interesting yeah. to go uh, we should do a field trip there sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. And go backstage to the Fox. And I, I'd encourage anyone to go, yeah. if they get an opportunity, go back. It's crazy. And you just get sucked into it, if I don't know right. how else to say it. Right. Because all of a sudden you go, oh, my gosh, there's the Leonard Skinner band. There's right. Charlie Daniels. There's Yul Brenner. Yeah. You know, anyone who has performed on that stage has signed that wall yeah. in the back. And it's a big wall. It is well, and all the dressing rooms and right. all that whole area back there, it's a it's quite a thing to see. People, I, mean, I don't think a lot of people understand it. I I hope they haven't done it. I can't imagine they would ever do anything to. Change, you never know. Change? No, you don't. Somebody comes in. Uh, ah, that's old. Get yeah, rid of that thing. Yeah, Paint over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are these people? <laughs> yeah. Before you tear down a wall, know why it was put up to begin with. Wow! There. Wow! Look at you are a wealth of just knowledge. That's <laughs> that's an important concept. No, knowledge is power. Yes, sir. Okay. So, what's on your palate today, Mark? Oh, let me. Oh, well, just give me one quick moment. You uh, threw a curve. Well, there's uh, you know, there's so so many wonderful days. There's one. I'm I'm going to go through quite a few. Okay. And then we'll get to the one that is specific specific for you. I bet I know what it is. What? National Puppy Day. No. That might have been yesterday, though. No, it's not. That's not it. National Wish You Had Hair Day? Oh, you're close. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say it, but you are close. Uh, Let's see. International Day for Achievers. Yeah. Are you an achiever? I am. I think you're an achiever. National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. Oh, I love chocolate-covered raisins. Do you? Raisinets, I love them. Raisinets, there you go. Yes. Now, here's something. Now, it's... It's Friday, so it's Lent, so I shouldn't even say this. But uh, Cheese Steak Day. Ooh, yeah. Uh, do you like Ooh. cheese steak? I, I do. Now, last week it was uh, it was St. Patrick's Day, and the church beef and cabbage. The, but the church gives you a, a like a, a pass. dispensation for that. Yes, dispensation. Thank you. Yeah. that's the big word I could. I'm going to go back to the raisinets. Have you ever done this? Oh, we used to no. do this as a kid. We'd get the box at the movie theater. You know, we'd eat them all, and then you take uh, the the end of the box off, and you stick it in your mouth, and you could you could buzz it. Oh yeah, you blow it. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, Oh, that's right. Remember that? I do remember that. Wow, 
Man, that's a blast from the there past. There you go. A real blast I from the past. Pulled that out of the uh, memory bank. I know. There. Do they still have raisinets? They do. Do they? They do. You've had them. I've had them. I have. I don't remember. Uh, They're not in. Bo- well, they are in boxes, but the boxes are bigger, so you'd have to have a really big mouth to stick that sucker in there. <laughs> <laughs> Which we have no problem with. No, no. I know. Uh, one of my favorite days: National Cocktail Day. <laughs> A cocktail or mocktail? Or uh, adult beverage day, I guess you could call it as well. National Each Person is a Person of Worth Day. Civility. Oh, I think it falls right into what you're, you were saying earlier as mm-hmm. we started the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your favorites, International Waffle Day. Oh, yeah. It's coming up tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You like I love, waffles? I love waffles. Yeah. Thick waffles? Thin waffles? Uh, you know, it, just kind of like with with a waffle iron. I think it's the yeah. batter that really makes the it difference does. to me, though. You're so smart. You know? Kali, you're so smart. It's not going to be that. You know, can't put pancake batter in a waffle. It's, People do that all the be time. A little bit, there's a little bit different kind of yeah. something to do. Now, you you know I go to, I'm a big Disney World fan. Right, absolutely. That's where we, you're Mr. Walt Disney. We go uh, nowhere. We save all our money up, all our tax return money, everything, whatever money we can scrape up. The We return bottles and <laughs> take the pennies and we go we've been quite a few times but they have mickey waffles shaped like mickey mouse uh. and they are they're just different and they're delicious and so we asked once what's what do you do to make these things so good and they said well one of the secrets is they use buttermilk oh yeah when they make it yep never knew that's like buttermilk pancakes have a different flavor why people i think like them a little bit better i'll be darned but when you make things from scratch they're so much better than they are like okay here's the box mix uh-huh. you know you miss uh, they have to do that just for mass production but when you do it from scratch there is a distinct flavor difference right yes but it takes a little bit of time so if, in international waffle day do you like anything on like any fruit or anything on your waffle or no i'm a syrup kind of guy a syrup yeah. okay now if there was like blueberry syrup on them with blueberries in it, like the International uh, International, International Ho- House of Pancakes, pancakes right? <laughs> they, IHOP. They have all those different yes, like pecan, <laughs> strawberry. Yep, I, I I could do that, but it's not it's not like my first go to. I'm kind of a purist, I guess. Are there any IHOPs left? Yes, there's one over in Clayton on Clayton Road and oh Brentwood boy. Boulevard. Wow, kind of on the north right. east corner, a little a little removed. Uh huh. Wow, I should go. My there. mom used to send me there to get Swedish pancakes. Look at that! And Swedish pancakes are really thin. So, so who knew? Yeah. Okay. So it's a, a bed in for peace this weekend. A what? Bed in for peace. That the means to stay in bed. The bed in protest is a peaceful yet powerful way to protest uh, for a cause. For a cause, just pick a cause, any cause. Pick at all. a cause and stay in bed. Uh huh. Pick a cause and stay in bed. Well, I want to sleep more. I do too. So that's my cause, and I, I just stay in bed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see. <laughs> I know. Uh, National Lobster Newburgh Day. I love Lobster Newburgh. What is Lobster Newburgh? Uh, it's it's lobster tail with uh, some kind of sauce that they make up. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Um, Have you ever done a lo- uh, cooked a lobster? No. And I, I and I've never been a big fan of grabbing a live lobster and throwing it in a, a boiling. Well, pot. what you, what you and do? I don't know how you do it. There, <laughs> there is a, uh, I don't want to say a skill to it, but there is a a, a sequence of things uh-huh. that you should do in if you're going to cook a live lobster. And actually, what you do is you put them in the freezer 
for, I don't remember how much, it's 15, 20 minutes, something like that. And what it does, because when if you just put them in and they start struggling, that's when the meat gets, uh, there's a... There's something that's released that makes the meat a little more uh, tough. Really? And so you put them in the freezer, and then they're kind of like, yeah, I'm just hanging out, and then they go into the hot water. Oh, my. And they don't release this kind of thing, which toughens up the meat. That's that's interesting you say all that. Because when I used to go to Red Lobster and they'd say, pick your lobster out, they'd go in there and they'd grab one and put it in. So maybe they weren't putting the one in that you picked. Right. Maybe they're bringing them out of that. Wow. And then when you weren't looking, they put that one back. This is a gruesome part of our show. (laughs) (laughs) But it really makes a difference. Oh, I guess. Yeah. It really makes a difference. And I'm a big uh, lobster fan, lobster tail fan. Yeah. You know, and I guess we're not, we don't have as many lobsters as we used to. No. And the blue lobsters, you don't want to eat those. Really? But they're rare. So just let those those lobsters survive. Let them live. Right. Right. Uh, it's a National Walk in the Sand Day. Wish I could. <laughs> Maybe we could find a sandbox around here. Right. A beach volleyball area. I know. Let's see. Uh, World Retrospective Day. I don't know what that means. That's... Think about what you should have done yesterday. Oh, there's a lot of things I should have done. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. National Spinach Day. I love spinach. I didn't as a kid. I did not either. You know really? Why? Why? I bet when you your mom served spinach, it was frozen spinach or from a can. Could have been, right? You're, I hated it. I think you're right. This is the most disgusting thing. Then I had fresh spinach when I was in my 20s uh-huh. out in a rural area, and I was like, wow, this is really good. Oh. I just couldn't get enough of it. Stuff oh. in my face. Wow. Okay. Well, I like spinach now today. I cut it up, though. Cut it up. I really chop it up. Do you put anything like mushrooms with it or onions or garlic? Cheese. Uh, uh, Cheese is yeah. great for anything. Yeah, we put all sorts of, yeah. I, I'll have a, yeah, I'll have one, a, a, a spinach salad. Yeah. And love it. And just kind of doctor it up pretty good. Uh, the British summertime begins today. Ooh. They're a week behind. I don't that's, know what's wrong problem. with those guys. Good oh, hair day. Spring. That's your Blimey. day. That's the one I'm thinking about is for you. Is that it? Good what's hair that? day? Okay, hold on. We got to, I think that's it. Yeah, let me hold on. What up. was gotta, my day? It is. There it is. It's uh, National uh, Good Hair Day. Yeah, I have a good hair right here. You do. <laughs> There's one right That's, there. I know. National Good Hair Day. I know. What is? I know. That's because you have no hair. It says. And it's a choice, too. A choice to have hair? Well, it's your choice not to have hair, isn't it? Uh, not, not according to my genetics. Uh-huh. National Good Hair Day. Like if I shave my head, then that's my choice. Uh-huh. Epilepsy. But I can't, I can't help about what's going on in the back and the top right now. Oh. <laughs> that's not my deal. <laughs> that's not my deal. I can blame my mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then uh, I think we're just about out of stuff here. There was one, though, that I'm – let me look. Let me just take a moment. We need a – we need a Jeopardy thing. So you will receive some parking gifts no, from us. Thank you so very much. I'll get the right one here. Stop it, everybody. Stop it. <laughs> I can't find it anymore. Oh, sorry. I know it. I know it. So sorry. It's somebody's, uh, whose birthday is it today? Uh, Bulls of the Clown? No, there was a, there's a, uh, there's a, a football player I used to like all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. His Dick name, Butkus? His name is escaping me. So it's, uh. No. Nope. Fran Tarkenton? No. Nope, nope. Bart Starr? No. Nope, no. Nope. All good people, but no, none of them. Let's I, I see. Sonny Jurgensen. Shouldn't That's have even brought it really up. Really going back now. I know. I am going way back. Johnny Unitas. And they're not showing now. So, uh, 
Gail Sayers. No, he just retired too, not too long ago. But mm. I don't know who it is. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I beg your pardon. I'm so, so sorry that I even. Brought is he on him one up. of those TV shows before football games? Ah, uh, yeah. He's starting to do that. Oh, stuff. Howie, Howie Long. No, no, not. And I Terry Bradshaw. I can't remember. It might be Terry's birthday. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Those guys are getting old. I am. I am getting old. I'm getting old. But oh, those I, guys, you are. know, I still enjoy things. So, okay. I'll figure it out sometime. All right, you guys can stop that. <laughs> okay. All right, so that's all I have. Um, yeah, that's all I have. That's all I got. Did you ever have or see uh, any kind of animals that had been through the taxidermy process? Yes, I've seen a couple, and I'm not a big fan of it. Why do you stuff so, an animal like that? Well, and it's, it's almost like you know an embalmer. You know, I don't want to get gross here or anything like that, but do you like the do you like the 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 heads on the wall? There is yeah, there is. We went to eat at the Golden Hoosier the other day. Oh, the Golden Hoosier is on Kings Highway, South Kings Highway. Okay, down by Chippewa. Okay, wow. And really, really wonderful food. Shameless plug for the Golden Hoosier. Okay. But the owner has, he purchased a large taxidermy collection. And, like, we were sitting at the bar because we like to sit there because it's, you, you get served a lot quicker many times. You don't have to wait for a table right. and you get to interact, you know, with people. Uh-huh. And right above me was, like, a tortoise head. A tortoise a head? tortoise head. Now, I'm not talking about, like, a little bitty box turtle. Right. I'm talking about, like, one of these ocean tortoises. Right. Now, this guy, he didn't, he just purchased the collection, okay? okay? It's not like he went but out. But what's and... interesting about this is, you know what taxidermy, what it, what it means? Uh-uh. I didn't know this either. I was, no. I was, I'm always fascinated with word origins, things like that. It has nothing like to do that. with taxi cabs. It, yeah, it's an, it has nothing to do with taxi cab, although we could probably figure something out here. That the word comes from the Greek taxis, or arrangement, and derma, okay, skin, skin, okay, okay. So it's the arrangement of skin, and it was a really done first time back in Paris around the 1803, mm-hmm. and but this goes all the way back to like the Egyptians because you know when the pharaoh died they'd. You know, stuff some animals. Okay, you know, here's your pet cat or your pet dog, and you know, it'll be there with you when you wake up. Um, they even preserved a hippopotamus, believe it or not. Holy smokes! And, How do you move something like that around? Yeah, you know, one of the most famous taxidermists was here in St. Louis. Really? And the studio is still going today because it was it was purchased. But the the original studio was Schwartz Studio Taxidermist. It was located in. On Lafayette, near Lafayette Square. Okay. And wow. the the gentleman who started that, uh, he, he was he was kind of called over here from Germany by uh-huh. Adolphus Bush, and because Bush couldn't find a good taxidermist, you know, he was doing all his hunting and everything like that. So he knew Frank Schwartz over in Germany, and he said, "Well, you know, this guy St. Louis would be a good place to set up a shop." Well, this this Frank. Schwartz, this guy, he's, and by the way, he's a member of the Taxidermy Hall of Fame. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. Okay. I'm serious wow. as a heart attack. Wow. He, um, he has a, an interesting kind of reputation. He got trained over in, in Germany. He was trained in 
believe it or not, he he did some studying of of the body. Okay. Okay. So he was he was a, a naturalist. So he was kind of interested always, kind of in animals and, and things like that. Yeah. But he. He had, it's just not like, yeah, I think I'll just cut this animal up and, you know, uh, stuff him with something and, and, and do X, Y, and Z with him. And, but he studied sculpture. Okay. So he was an artist. And these, these guys, it is art. Yes, it is. You know, yes, to do is. that stuff. He studied anatomy at the Heidelberg University. Wow. Uh, and he was in a taxidermy apprentice at the Berlin Museum. Whoa. So he had a nice pedigree of where he was coming from and... You know, Bush called him over, and so he started this business and got going in Lafayette. And he had, he did trophies for William Jennings Bryant, uh, these big game trophy mounts uh-huh. for Kaiser Wilhelm II. Wow! You know, so he his reputation was was really big, and one of the things that he did, which is kind of a this is a great trivia question, he was let me find this here, he was a wildlife enthusiast. He became one of the five founders of the St. Louis Zoo Whoa. and was an early advocate for what was then called Barless Zoos. Okay? So is that so he had, he had material that he could stuff? Well, no. It's, maybe there was a moat in between. Because remember, this, uh-huh. the St. Louis Zoo just shipped off this bear that escaped twice down to <laughs> – right. It was down to Texas, I think. Right. Because they have a moat yeah. around their area. Uh-huh. and. So maybe there were moats back then at the zoo or something. Uh-huh. I'm not quite sure. Huh. But he, um, as I mentioned, he's in the Taxidermy Hall of Fame. But he kind of created the idea of sculpt- sculptural taxidermy, which stretched the animal's skin over a paper mache form instead of merely stuffing it. Because they were talking about um, the dodo bird, you know, which was extinct. Uh-huh. And they were like, man, this is a weird-looking bird. But it was a stuffed bird. Right. And so that's not really what the dodo bird looked like. With this sculpting Uh-oh. kind of taxidermy, which now it's not paper mache, it's like plastic now that they're using. Okay. Uh, polyurethane that they, they, they'll pull the skin over. And there's a real kind of ordered process oh, to this, yeah. as I can you can imagine, of oh, how yeah. they're doing this. But these guys are artists, as are Honestly, you know, funeral morticians. Really? You know? Okay, yeah. They they do the kind of the same thing. Right. You know, how many times have you heard? Wow, they look great. You yeah, know, no, it's like they well, they're dead. You yeah, know? right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I so, but hunters and fishermen come from up to 300 miles to this particular place. They're located in Afton, Missouri, right now. Huh. And you know, they kind of glue the skin on this this uh, polyurethane mold, uh-huh. and it takes like three or four days to dry. So there's a, there's a wow. real kind of um, of thing going on there. In recent years, this group, which is still called Schwartz uh, Taxidermy, because the guy's present current owners bought it from the, I think it was like four generations of oh, people Schwartz. that used it. Yeah. There's been an increase for freshwater fish reproductions which is kind of nice so reproductions right so the people aren't just yeah i've been hauling this thing around since i brought it up from the gulf of mexico Uh you know which was Uh 10 days ago Uh but it's been on ice ever since (laughs) Uh Uh, so it's created entirely of man-made materials made to replicate what was caught or they'll some fishermen will say yeah you know here's the picture of me with this fish and we 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 were we're catching release uh-huh. people right. can you do a, a model of this and right. so they're doing that now oh, which is really nice that's you know? good yeah. I like catch and release that's a great idea yeah 
I was going to ask, how do you do a fish? I mean, you start scaling a fish, and it's I don't know how you do that. I think a lot of it is painting. I guess, and maybe some kind of I mean, if you other kind of skin that, that they've done, be, yeah. I know. Who knows? Fish would. I think they would dissolve quickly or something. You yeah, you would think. I'd, I just want to eat them. You know, if I caught them. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like bass or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. bluegill, yeah. sunfish, right, you know? right, stuff like that. <laughs> sea bass. I see bass. Sea bass are really good. Sea bass and eat bass. So yeah. Wow. I, I see bass, but uh, so it's very interesting. So Schwartz Studio Taxidermist. I I thought it was fascinating. And the, when Schwartz first came to St. Louis, he worked for Singer Sewing Machine. And Singer Sewing Machine is big. All of this makes sense. So I guess there's somewhere they're sewing and things like that. Yes, absolutely. You know. So he did everything. He. It's kind of like we talked at the first part of the hour with the the teens who are uh-huh. participating in the St. Louis Teen Talent Competition. You know, you you hone your skill, you get it to a point. You, okay, right. I need to work on this. I need to work on that. Maybe he needed to work on his sewing technique, so he went to work for wow. Singer. You know, and I can see with three D printing now, you could make a a three oh, yeah. a three D of the of the body of the animal that you're gonna absolutely skin and <laughs> put on there. Wow, and apparently he was always looking for a different way to mount, you know, the animals, because you know sometimes after a while, you know, how many how many ways can you you know do a duck or, you know, you know can you do right. this or that? Right. So he came out with these wood framed glass bubbles to protect the mounts of smaller birds and fish, and then huh. he hand painted backgrounds. Oh boy! So like maybe the fish is jumping out of the water, right. and you got this really nice right. crater lake scene in the wow. background or something like that. Wow. And uh, apparently. Bush really liked that a lot, oh, too. Oh, darn. Okay. So. Well, yeah, that explains so much. I'm sorry. And it's not National Taxidermy Day, either. Oh, wow. I'm sure there is a National Taxidermy yeah. Day. The Bush family, that's something. Yeah. I have a I have a Bush trivia question. Just by asking the question, I probably give away the answer. I don't know. So, Sportsman's Field. You remember Sportsman's, Sportsman's Park? Field? Yes. Or Sportsman's Park. Grand and Dodier. Is that where it was? Yes. Okay. So, they... Uh, I guess when they first started baseball like that, they wouldn't name them after beers or things like that. Right. But at some point, they decided they can start naming them after beer. And I think that particular stadium was eventually named Bush Stadium. Right. So it was Sportsman's Park for a while and then became Bush Stadium. Bush Stadium, Stadium. right. So was, was it, was, did the beer come first or the stadium? I think the beer. <gasps> really? No, you're wrong. That's wrong. I can't find. You the, mean the beer to the stadium, or the name of the stadium, the, the, or Adolphus Bush? Oh, doing, now you're confusing everything. You're trying to get everything. Because Adolphus's confused. brother, remember, has a brewery in Washington, Missouri. You're getting everything very confusing here. <laughs> okay, so uh, no, the uh, the beer they they named the stadium first, Bush Beer, and then he created the beer after that. Really? Yeah. Okay. So there was no Bush oh, Beer. Oh, I can't, I get what you're saying. So now. he wanted to name the. The the state see it's all in the way I deliver it I guess so they wanted the a stadium they wanted to name the stadium Bush Bush beer or okay. Bush and then okay. it became oh, okay let's make it Bush beer yeah so they and, probably started Budweiser there and then they oh of course they did yeah yeah so that's a little, interesting a little bit of trivia interesting I thought I'd give that away okay well I think we have time for some kind of interesting stories here yeah very few very little time. Three or four minutes. Three or four minutes. Okay, uh-huh. I won't. I won't take long. Uh, English is a funny language. English. An oxymoron is usually defined as a phrase in which two words of contradictory meaning are brought together. In other words, I clearly misunderstood you. 
clearly. I'm going to give you an exact estimate. Oh, there's another good one. There was a very small crowd for the game. <laughs> I want you to act naturally. Uh, no, that's not good. Okay. The dog was found missing. My tank was fully empty on the car. Oh, no. <laughs> that person's pretty ugly. <laughs> Hands on those buzzers, please, but please don't pop those buttons until an answer This is, is my explained. only choice okay. here. All right, all right. Oh, I like that one, too. There you go. That's good. That was seriously funny, wasn't it? Uh, that, that's, that's here's here's my a good one. These are the original copies. <laughs> And how about this one? This says it's, and I'm just reading this, folks. This is not me. This is I'm just reading this. And the mother of all, happily married. <laughs> oh, that's a bad one. That's a really bad one. Okay. Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay. We're my down, goodness. Down to it. Okay. Oh. So don't forget the St. Louis Teen Talent Competition, April the 9th. Uh-huh. April the 9th at 7:30 p.m. You can get tickets at foxpacf.org. You can get up to 10 tickets. It's free. First come, first serve at the fabulous Fox Theater. Yep. Holds about 5,000 people, I guess. Yep. So you can go. You can go. I'd like to be there myself. It'd be a great time. Okay. Okay. That's all for this hour. Thanks for listening, folks. Don't forget when the Martians invade, we're going to check them to see if they do taxidermy on Mars. There's only one race, the human race, and every one of us have different characteristics and is uniquely valuable. St. Louis in Tune is a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network. For St. Louis in Tune co-host Mark Langston, I'm Arnold Stricker. Remember to walk worthy and let your light shine.